0: All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, we so much appreciate you being a part of our True Form Life community and participating through your downloads, shares, comments, everything that you do. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. Now, today I'm bringing on Jeff Freeman, who played professional baseball all over the world. He actually played on six continents, two national teams. Now he's a full-time coach in Calgary, and he started a really cool company called Sidearm Nation. So... Jeff and I have a lot in common, it was pretty cool to sit down and talk with him, brought back a whole lot of memories of my playing days and traveling the world myself, so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have Jeff on the show and to share this interview with you. So sit back and enjoy, we got all that coming up
1: This is Exploring Mind and Body, naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Taddea.
0: All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. We heard all about Jeff on the introduction, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Jeff. Oh, thanks for having me, Drew. So today we've got, well, we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. We have a similar background of baseball and traveling all over the place, so I'm I'm excited. I'm interested to hear about your story and what you have to share with us.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think we definitely, I think we, Probably played against each other back in the day a long time ago, but I'm sure we probably crossed paths on the on the diamond for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a small baseball world, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely.
0: So tell me about you just why well, why don't you give us some background about yourself? You obviously grew up well, not obviously for our listeners, but you grew up in Calgary, is that right?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Calgary, um, played baseball growing up all all through um yeah, I guess till I was eighteen in Calgary and was fortunate enough to uh to go down south and play college baseball in the states and in idaho and kentucky was also fortunate enough to play uh pro baseball for five years kind of all over the world and kind of kind of travel that way and see the world through
0: baseball awesome so where did you go after you got through college and university
1: uh i played in i played over in europe my dad my dad's born in england so i was able to get my british passport so i played on the, the british national team for for four European championships, but I played in the in the French professional league, in the German professional league. That's kind of where just with my with my British passport, with the EU passport, I, I wasn't considered a foreign player. So I mean that kind of definitely helped me there. And then played played with the Calgary Vipers for three years here in, in town. And then played winter ball in Australia Colombia, basically was able to play baseball I, I I did actually get to play on kind of all six continents there and not many people can can actually say that
0: yeah, that's crazy. What was it like traveling all over the world? what was some of share one of your favorite experiences with us from traveling and playing in a different country?
1: yeah I mean obviously you know European baseballs it, it's different i mean they' they're they're very passionate a lot of them get a pretty late late start in in baseball, some of those guys don't start till they're fifteen and sixteen. Just kind of pick it up after, you know, after after soccer, or you know, for some guys, cricket, and you know, three years later, they're on the junior national team. So I mean, just that that part of it's kind of crazy, just to kind of see like how, you know, how raw they are, and you know, it played against like Max Kepler, who's on the Twins, and you know, he he was a very late bloomer, and just to kind of see him in the bigs right now is is, is pretty crazy, but you know, if he would have started when he was like five or six, I mean, it'd be kind of scary, but, um, you know, Columbia was pretty cool experience. I mean, I, I kind of was naive going into Columbia. I mean, it was, it's kind of like one of the top winter leagues for, um, independent baseball players. Um, but looking back at it, I mean, like they treated us good. I mean, it's a beautiful country and, but I mean, you know, and you kind of watch like the 30 for 30, like the two Escobars and that kind of stuff. And, you know all the stuff on tv like narcos and you know it's something like i probably looking back at it i i, I you know i probably was was kind of naive going into it and didn't quite i mean i didn't see any of the you know that part of it but i mean there was like you know there was checkpoints on every kind of half an hour on our bus trips and stuff like that and you know, I mean, we were always safe, but looking back at it, I mean it you know it is there's a lot of kind of dangerous parts to Columbia too though, I guess
0: did you feel unsafe at all
1: um overall, as long as we kind of stayed with our team, we were okay, but I mean we i mean obviously I mean we never really wandered off on our own um but just you know every corner you know there'd be a you know, military with a machine gun, you know, that kind of stuff. And like I said, there, you know, those checkpoints, they were always a little bit, you know, I mean, a little bit, you know, kind of kind of on the edge of your seat a little bit. But, I mean, overall, I felt pretty safe. They took care of us. Like we stayed at kind of a five-star hotel and didn't necessarily see the bad parts, I guess. <laughs> well,
0: one of the things that I found a bit challenging through my travels was on the field like it seemed like there was a different culture on the field like a different way of playing a different way of communicating in different countries did you experience that as well
1: yeah I mean that's just where I know some like a lot of Latin players are kind of hot-headed a little bit you know we we had a couple pitchers that if they were struggling they just start plunking guys on purpose <laughs> and and then even just just kind of the fan atmosphere you know they're yeah they're definitely a little more heated than over here um you know they uh i mean it was it was really like my my second outing i guess i blew a save and like they never really let that go like i mean i actually ended up going like my next 10 innings I, I pretty much gave up like one hit and you know, it was throwing really well, but it seems like the fans wouldn't let go of, like that one blown save. Like they're pretty passionate and especially <laughs> being a foreigner, you know, like I mean, technically we're kind of maybe taking a spot of a Colombian guy and seem to never quite let that go. <laughs> kind of a tough atmosphere for a while.
0: So is it would you say that it it was a bit less welcoming in that for you as a foreign player?
1: Yeah, and like there was myself and seven other, there were seven American guys on the team, but you could just kind of tell. I think, you know, they possibly probably would have preferred to have maybe a Latin American as their foreigner. Most of the other teams had some Dominicans and Venezuelans as their foreign guys. Our manager was from the States, so we just brought in all. All, all North American guys, but you could, yeah, maybe a little bit. They probably, <laughs> I mean, unless we were doing, re- you know, pretty well, but I mean, yeah, that's where if we were struggling, we definitely, we definitely heard it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in, it, it was seemed like the opposite in Europe. Well, at least for me, I didn't get a chance to go to uh, the Dominican to play, but in Europe, I was, didn't have a, uh, a, a European passport, so I was considered a, an import, so, yeah. So, Uh, but I've kind of felt like people were super like warm and welcoming and they really loved having me there. Did you have the same kind of atmosphere in Europe?
1: Yeah. And there, I mean, that's where over there, um, you know, they just kind of play on the weekend as well. Right. So during the week, you know, I found, you know, you're able to, you know, we kind of helped out with like the, you know, the junior team practices and kind of the 15U 13U and kind of throughout the week, you know, you were able to, kind of get involved with the with the club a little bit more. And then, you know, you do play on the weekend. But I, I think that definitely probably helped as far as like the whole club and program kind of just getting behind you and um, probably a little easier. I mean, I got, you know, being a pitcher, you know, it was still kind of like college ball, just pitching, you know, once a week on the weekend. I know I know some hitters struggle going over to Europe just, you know, playing, you know, two games on a Sunday. It can be a little, little tricky as a as a hitter but um yeah I know Europe they were always they were always very supportive and happy to kind of have us come over and kind of grow their game a little bit
0: what was the most challenging part about traveling and, and playing and I guess it's it's there's all kinds I suppose for me language was a was a big one especially in Germany but oh you know it was crazy when I was in Australia I for like the first month almost I couldn't understand Anyone? <laughs> oh, it's it's a yeah. No, I know. <laughs> that was crazy. And, and it's said, English,
1: but it's not English, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Well, they have their slang, and they they talk a bit quicker. And everyone said to me, "Well, they, you know, after you you get to know the team and you warm up a bit, they they thought, well, we 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 thought you didn't like us when you first got here." And I said, I didn't understand a word you guys were saying. I couldn't communicate with you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's yeah, I even honestly, yeah, just with the British national team, some of the some of the guys from England. I mean it's it's it like I said, it is English, but I mean it definitely it's 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 different.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So was that a that was a challenge for you as uh, well?
1: I mean the funny thing is like I I mean I went to junior high and I I took French immersion, you know, so I do speak French overall pretty well i probably read it better and can listen to it better than i speak it but then going over to france they actually just wanted to speak english with me and like kind of practice their english and so i mean that's i mean they they still there was a little bit of a language barrier there at times um but i mean that's where i actually really didn't speak much french because they wanted to speak english with me so i mean (laughs) columbia definitely a little bit more of a language barrier and a lot of or probably half of those the Colombian guys on the team didn't speak English at all. They're just they just yeah, and I I didn't know any Spanish, so that you know, especially like with the pitching coach and and that part of it, he didn't know any any English. And like I said, our manager, he spoke he spoke both and would kinda of have to translate, but that's kind of where it became a little bit a little bit of a hassle that way. But you know, so kind th- of part of it.
0: How did it work out if you're a pitching coach? didn't speak English and you didn't speak Spanish. Well,
1: yeah. I mean we luckily we had a couple couple of the Colombian guys in the bullpen that were um playing minor league ball or affiliated ball and they would kinda help kinda translate and you know, if if you know, kinda let me know when it was my time to get loose or whatever, you know, he he would translate or whatever some mechanical things for me. But it was yeah, it was a little bit different that way.
0: <laughs> a little bit challenging.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit challenging
0: there, but one of the other things I found challenging in Australia was how they drive on the other side of the road.
1: Yeah, no, I wasn't a big fan of that. I um, <laughs> I tried a couple times, but we, we had a roommate, he was actually, he was from Perth, he was Australian, and came over to Adelaide to play for the for the season, so we just kind of let him drive. I mean, it was me and a guy from New Jersey and I just, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable driving, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know for me I, I did I did drive for a short time. There. I actually had a roommate there that uh, had extra car, which is super cool, but um, just walking around that was my first experience with driving on the other side of the road, but walking around the streets, like even crossing the road, I felt like everywhere I went, I was going backwards for like two <laughs> or three weeks,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're a little, they're a little more, a little more aggressive, I find too. And I mean, I mean, yeah, especially even Columbia. There's basically no. Um, I mean, they don't they don't care about pedestrians. I mean, you got to really be really be heads up. And
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, tell me about some of the the training that you went through. Was it? Um, did you go through? I mean, there's different off seasons. I know you played some winter seasons. Tell me about some of the training that you went through. Too. I mean, we want to talk about you know pushing through difficult times, moving up and, and putting yourself in different uh, difficult situations. What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean that's where basically for two seasons there, I, I probably didn't. Um, I mean, I didn't actually really see the snow as much. I mean, it was it was kind of maybe good and bad. I mean, from a baseball standpoint, definitely have to be careful. Maybe overthrowing, um, but I mean, like yeah, I mean that's where. Looking back at it, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, going to Australia or Columbia, but maybe maybe partially one of those winters I would have been better off kinda of resting and, and, and kinda of hitting the weights a little bit more. I mean, I still was able to hit the gym, you know, over while I was playing winter ball, but it's just those extra innings that you're kinda of maybe putting some wear and tear on your on your arm and you know, I maybe overthrowing a little bit at times, but At the same time, it was kind of tough to pass both those opportunities up.
0: Sometimes a show once a week or even twice a week just isn't enough. So if you want more content, if you want to know more about what we're doing at True Form Life, you can find us on Facebook. We're on there posting at least twice a day in the morning and the evening. That's at facebook.com/slash true form life or on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite platform. I like to post my food pictures and some of the activities that I do, maybe hiking or whatever that may be. And that's just that dream. True Tadia on Instagram and then Twitter as well. That's at True Form Life. So we're highly active. We'd love to connect with you. So find us on your social media platform and let us know how you're enjoying our show. True Form Life. Did you ever deal with injuries with your arm?
1: Yeah, I. Um, I mean, long story short, I I tore my left middle finger in grade eleven dunking a basketball. Oh, no. And so I had surgery when I was in grade eleven on my on my pitching middle finger. And I was never never quite the same after that. Even just gripping a baseball. There was a little more tension in my in my shoulder and started to have shoulder injuries after that. And eventually I I, I tore um the infraspinitis in my in my shoulder. So basically kind of like the breaks, I guess, in my shoulder. It was kind of my 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 going into my senior year of university i I mean i I didn't have surgery i guess they kind of told me it was one of those like shoulders they're, they're tough like it's not like tommy john where you can have tommy john and should be okay in in a couple years where shoulders you can have surgery and you're gonna go back basically right doing the same thing and there's no guarantees so i i chose not to and kind of did the rehab and all that but i was never never the same after that and um that's where eventually kind of led me to to dropping my arm angle down and kind of pitching sidearm a little bit submarine a little bit and it kind of took some pressure off my off my shoulder but definitely battled a lot of a lot of injuries in my career
0: <laughs> and That's i mean that's pretty normal for pitchers isn't it
1: yeah it's, it's just it's not a it's not a normal normal activity that you're doing for your body i mean your your arm is actually designed to to throw underhand really i mean that's where you see softball players they can go three or four games in a weekend and (laughs) some teams only have one or two pitchers really hey and but yeah baseball like even just being on that elevated surface and you know you don't see many infielders outfielders catchers with with tommy john or shoulder problems it's it's kind of just being on that that elevated surface and just trying to throw it as hard as you can from from 60, 60 feet six inches, it it puts a lot of stress on your body
0: and your arm. Yeah, no kidding. So when you went through those injuries, were was, was there times where you weren't able to pitch? I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, I know. There was there was a couple times I wasn't able to pitch, and definitely kind of questioning. You know, I was even you know in my kind of senior year, if even. I mean, that 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 could be it for me, and definitely a couple times where I probably probably would you know was ready to kind of hang him up then and kind of glad I stuck with it and kind of was able to get healthy again and um even even in pro ball I was never you know there was there were some times where I was healthy but I was never quite the same like I like I used to be but I'm I'm definitely glad I kind of stuck with it and definitely gave it gave it my best to try and make the bigs it's I know it's, it's definitely not easy but I can definitely look back and definitely say i gave it gave it one of my best efforts so
0: when did you decide that it was time to move on and and do something else
1: um i mean i guess overall kind of i mean 2010 i was you know 2008 was kind of my last year the vipers um just uh, once again my shoulder started to bother me even from 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 pitching from a lower arm slot and actually had plantar fasciitis in my foot and I just yeah, I was kind of tired and making no money and kind of ready to move on um two thousand and ten I was kind of thinking about making a comeback and actually i uh, I broke my foot just running down the stairs and <laughs> actually I had yeah I had surgery and got pins and plates in my foot, and couldn't put any weight on it for for three months and overall, I was kind of probably the last last overall straw as far as thoughts about playing maybe a little, you know, or going to the bigs at least. And, um, I mean, I ended up playing a little bit in 2011, just kind of with, with Yuma, with Jose Canseco when they were in town to play the Vipers, they just needed some guys to kind of help them out. They were short on, on arms. So I actually pitched a little bit against the Vipers. That was kind of my last professional, um, kind of outings. But I mean, after, after, um, after baseball I kinda actually got into golf there and just kinda hitting balls around and kinda realized I could kinda hit a golf ball pretty far and um kinda making it to the Remax World Long Drive Championships, that was kinda my new focus instead of playing major league baseball. So That's that kinda awesome. took over.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, as as athletes, like we want to compete at a high level, and we're always looking for something else to compete in.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that kind of yeah, that took over my my training, my you know that that part of it, and just maybe that just that that dream of something to reach, and yeah, and then I was fortunate enough to make the Remax Worlds three times, and but it, even with even with Remax though, I kind of realized with that, I mean, to actually win it though, you got to be full-time and committed and and training basically full-time like an Olympian and I I just didn't have time for that anymore so that's kind of where the the baseball coaching kind of came in I was doing it kind of part-time and yeah and kind of more and more opportunities came up with that and kind of realized you know maybe maybe it's time for me to step aside athletically and yeah now I now I coach
0: yeah, that's interesting. Let's talk about that a bit. I think it's, well, I mean, I think everything happens for a reason, but you dropped down because of your injuries and you threw from a different uh a different arm slot and uh now you have a business built around that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of it was a last last resort as well. I mean, I I was hurt physically in my shoulder, but our manager called me into his office and was basically gonna they were gonna release me my first season with the Vipers kind of halfway through and he's the one that uh, Mike Bush suggested you know have you ever thought about dropping down and never in my life had I kind of thought about that and yeah literally just uh, went out kind of did a side session flat ground and actually felt way better on my shoulder and probably my shoulder was thanking me I mean for four or five years I was just kind of trying to go back and do the same thing over the top and same shoulder issues and drop down and kind of literally kind of like I had a new arm again for for a few years and stuck me uh threw me on a mound and and like he liked what I saw and and basically threw me out there that same day and and I got my my first ever you know professional win or indie ball win and it kind of—it was definitely one of the one of the craziest days of my life. But I mean, just as far as an athlete, though, I kind of picked up on it pretty quick. I've always been able to, you know, kind of kind of pick up things and pretty quick, you know, probably quick, well, hopefully pretty quicker than others. But um, I just kind of fell in love with with pitching from there and kind of made baseball fun again. And um, yeah. Otherwise, I was kind of hitting my hitting my myself just doing the same thing over and over again and, and throwing, throwing from there. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed baseball again for the first time in a long time.
0: So what, what is it about the, the arm angle that you teach now? Is it, is there a reason? Is it because it's easier on your shoulder or because that's how you ended the last few years of your career?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's kind of where, I mean, even just, uh, there was when i when i dropped down going online or whatever there's absolutely nothing on on sidearm submarine pitching so just kind of did a lot of it on my own and watching some youtube videos and reading up on it and yeah that's kind of where when i was when i was done getting more into golf there though that's kind of where i got the idea to create sidearm nation and um hopefully just kind of a kind of a resource guide for for pitchers that don't normally don't normally get any any help from there um a lot of it's a lot of it too is just the player kind of fully committing to it and kind of realizing why they're dropping down or why they've re- you know been asked to drop down um, you know some some kids will struggle with that and kind of kind of realize that you know and maybe be stubborn with it and you know thinking that that they can still pitch from over the top but once they drop down if they fully commit to it it can be it can definitely be something that can change a lot of things i mean a lot of the guys i interviewed they wouldn't have made the bigs or you know AAA or whatever if, if they didn't drop down in in high school or college and we're, were barely going to make their college team and drop down and now they're now they're in the bigs so it could definitely definitely change things for a lot of pitchers
0: so tell us more about what you're doing with the sidearm nation tell us what it is i know you said it's a resource but tell us what it is and what you're doing with it
1: yeah, so initially, like three or four years ago, I just it was kind of basically, and it's still there. It's it's like a it's a free ebook, uh, you know. I have over probably two hundred interviews now of kind of current, former, um, professional, international pitchers, and you know, like I said, hopefully coaches and players can can use those interviews and kind of get some help that way. Um, a couple years ago, we started doing camps, so just specifically for. For low-slot pitchers, um, I guess we probably run about eight or nine now all over the states, and the, we do one in Calgary as well. Um, and that's where we're probably, it's, it's the only camp really of its kind. Um, there was a guy maybe four or five years ago, Butch Thompson, at Mississippi State. He ran a couple of them. But now, yeah, there's no one else running camps for sidearm submarine pitchers. So, I mean, we've got a lot of guys just, just craving for it and just wanting help and you know I try and do my best to bring in the best instructors that we can you know former big leaguers and professional pitchers that can help help these guys for for a weekend and I mean there's a lot of a lot of different you know a lot of different thoughts and knowledge there that's kind of passed on throughout the camp but I mean it's where a lot of these kids they're basically kind of maybe thrown in a back corner and told to drop down but kind of doing it on their own, and hopefully we're able to just kind of help them and connect them with some people that they can kind of use for the rest of their baseball career. And and then kind of on the side, we've just, you know, I've kind of done like a little apparel line too with Sidearm Nation and just kind of kind of growing that as well and kind of helps get the word out about, about the site as well.
0: Do you have a goal with this Sidearm Nation, what you want to do, or is it to continue to run camps and go across the nation or –
1: yeah, I mean the, the camps is probably one of my my biggest thing. I, I enjoy kind of setting them up and 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 kind of helping guys out that way. Um, even even just through the site, I personally get you know tons of emails throughout the week from from players looking just looking for help and looking for connections as well. And you know, I mean that part of it. You know, or even just sending video in to me, I mean that part of it too. I, I I enjoy doing and connecting with guys and just trying to help them out personally with, with their own careers. And, um, you know, I mean, and, and that's where, you know, like I said, like even just the apparel line is it's kind of newer the past few years and just trying to grow that side of it. You know, it's kind of being a, being a fun, fun little side part of sidearm nation. I didn't, that wasn't my intention and with, with the site at all, but at the same time it's kind of been fun to, you know, see some MLB guys wear wear my stuff and and kind of promote it. And you know, every time I get an order or something online, it's 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 a pretty fun feeling to kind of know somebody's going to be kind of wearing your logo and and kind of promoting your brand. So it's it's pretty cool.
0: Have you heard of a, a company called Trinity Bats? No. No. I guess maybe you wouldn't know because you're a pitcher. <laughs> but um, there's this company called Trinity Bats, and it's all over the MLB now. When I was living in Los Angeles there, there was this small company. Uh, I think it was called Glowmore in, in these. These guys took over. These Trinity bats took over this company, and it was just a small bat shop in Orange County. And once a week, a friend and I would go, and we'd drive out there, and we'd hang out with these guys. They'd have uh, they'd have this whole bat shop, and it was just a small company. They were uh, a couple guys that loved baseball. They loved to talk baseball, and they loved to make bats, and they. would they 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 have these uh, blemish bats they call them blem bats that they couldn't use cuz they didn't come out properly and they give us a handful of these bats and <laughs> we just hang out and talk with them you know once a week or once every couple of weeks and now they're all over the MLB you, you'll see them if you look if you're watching games you'll see them like the Dodgers got them um, I think they started with the Dodgers and then maybe the Angels but anyways, it was it was cool to be a part of that and to see them grow and just to hang out with them and now to see them all over the the MLB and and uh, I just think that you're doing a great thing. It's super cool to hear what you're doing and that you're growing. You're in the growing phase and I think that a couple of years down the road it's gonna be cool to see where you're at and to see more people all about this sidearm nation and and to watch you grow so i just want to wish you all the best with everything that you're doing and i i hope it works out to wherever you want to go That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thanks so much for being here. Check out more details for Jeff and his Sidearm Nation at SidearmNation.com. All these past shows are going up on ExploringMindAndBody.com. If you want more details as to what we have going on, head over to TrueFormLife.com. This is where you'll find more details about the fitness programs we put together for you. We also do meal planning that include recipes, the grocery shopping lists, and more. And don't forget about our free app specific for exploring mind and body. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Taddea, in health and fitness for a better world.